Uh-huh. It's been so long since we've seen you. We don't see you. Ever. But it's been so long since you've heard us. And yet here we are. We're back again for another episode of Milk and Screams. I don't even remember. What did we talk about last time? My brain is so out we of it right now. We talked about animals. Oh, that was last time. That's right. That was last time. That was a really fun episode. I liked that episode. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, Guys, going to be straight up front with you. I'm so glad the fridge is going off. during. Yes, this. sick, dude. Hopefully you can't hear that. <laughs> um, Yeah, our fridge growls sometimes. I think because it's always trying to make ice and it never does it properly. Nope. Like, I swear we fixed it a while ago. And literally just two minutes ago, I opened the freezer and I was like, hey, how come this thing isn't making ice? There's eight pieces in here. Yeah. Who knows? It is a mystery. Um, But like I was saying, I, I feel like I got to be straight up and I got to be honest here. This podcast probably going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> we're, you know if it does, we're just we're just going to stop listen, in the middle of it and just not even release it. Listen, I'm going to be honest. Like I just said, I'm going to be honest. We released ten or so great podcasts, in my opinion, pretty good. Like, you know, eights all around. Some of them are like I feel like really good, like nine out of ten. This one, we're both exhausted. I am not in the headspace for this, but I'm here <laughs> like, for you. It, this is a day. This is we, not this, you, Jacob. This, you, the listener. We're recording this a day. Oh wow, thank you. You're we're recording this a day late. What we're talking about, Kyle has never, ever heard about it before, and no I kind of know a little bit about it, but it's interesting, so I was like, I'll just talk about that, because we haven't had an idea this week for it, which we've just been so swamped. Um, so, it's episode 10, we're already having burnout. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're still excited to be here, and I, I'm glad that we committed to this still. I'm glad we didn't say, ah, no, because that, that'd be lame. I almost... Two minutes ago, and we were like, "Okay, let's start recording." I almost was like, "You know what? No, let's just let's just I, I, skip I a week because I, I know what we want. I know what I want to talk about next week." And in my head, I was like, "You know what? Let's just skip a week. Who cares?" Yeah, but uh, you do. That's the answer. You care. Yeah, you the viewer. You not you, Jacob. Again, <laughs> I care a little bit, but regardless, <laughs> um, we're excited to to record for y'all again. We're just really tired. Like I, I don't know what this week was about, but it just knocked me out. It's Saturday. I've been doing school all day, and all my school is overlapping next week, so I'm just dreading it, and my brain already knows that I'm dreading it. But um, that, that's that's the way that it is, I it's guess. It's a hard knock life. But, you know, tomorrow I'm not doing anything because the Super Bowl is tomorrow. Oh, boy, the Super Bowl, the and big game. We're going to get sued. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, is, is that is that how that works? We can't say the word Super Bowl. Um, as far as I know, for some reason now that the trademark term. Yeah, I saw Philly D in his his recent video. He started to say, it and he was like, "Can I even say that?" And he goes, "The game with the with the ball, and they throw well, it and catch it." Well, like two or three years ago, I remember watching a bunch of vlogs centering around the Super Bowl, and even like Good Mythical Morning, and they were all ha- having to say the big game because no, you can't say the Super Bowl. Why would you say the Super Bowl? That's a trademark. Everyone knows what you're talking about. Mm. Like they're not thinking of baseball right now. Like I don't understand why it's a big deal. Well, okay. Well, real quick, who do you think will win? Who do I think will win? Or who who are you rooting for? Or maybe I, those are two separate I, answers. I've got to be honest, Kyle. If we had not gone to your friend's house and watched two playoff games, or like how many we watched the past couple of weeks, 
I would have no idea who's in the Super Bowl right now. Really? I would not have mm. like it wouldn't have shown up on my Twitter feed like cuz like my I feel like my Twitter feed literally changes when I watch a football game. Like when I'm watching foot something actively on TV, they're like, "Oh, here's a bunch of sports stuff." <laughs> and like normally I do not care at all. Like I, you know, unless the Eagles are in it, I really don't care. Of course. That, that being said, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sounds like a cool, you know, Super Bowl team to win. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Tom Brady's on the Buccaneers. So in in, in my uh, in my years of football, of course, because I'm a fan of the Eagles. Eagles really don't like Tom Brady. They got to go for the uh, the other team, <laughs> the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Yes, I'm. Kinda, I'm so out of it. <laughs> go Chiefs. I know that Tampa's a Florida team, but also I hate Tom Brady. Yeah. So go if Chiefs. If there's anybody else, I wouldn't be that mad. Also, I think the Chief I think the Chiefs are going to win regardless. Did outside of my disdain for Tom Brady, I think the Chiefs have it anyway. I also I just want to hear him be the two time because there's not a lot of well, two time in a row. There that hasn't happened a lot of times. I think it would be the third time it's ever happened if they pulled it off. You're kidding. To go two times in a row, no. Well, I mean, I, I guess at this point I'm thinking of the Patriots must have gone at least two times back-to-back in the decade and a half. They, you know, had a monopoly on the Super Bowl. They like went, basically they it was went like back-to-back one time. One, one time. And then the time before that was mm, – okay, maybe it's been three times before because I think the Steelers did it like 2009-10. I think they won both of those. I thought the, I thought the uh, Patriots monopoly started like in 2008. I, mean, I could be wrong. I it started know. a long time ago, but they have six. They have six rings, and they've lost a couple of them in between yeah. them because they've been in Super Bowl but lost. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 I honestly, when I heard that Tom Brady was going to get traded, I was like, "Is, is he going to do good anywhere else?" And I was like, "Yeah, he's going to do good." Yeah, I mean, I mean, he, you know, he went, he went to Florida because you know he'll spend a couple years here and then retire and then probably just stay here because now he's in Florida. That's yeah. what a lot of those old head athletes do is they transfer to a team that's in a location they want to live after the fact, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of set up shop. <clears throat> but I remember when the Eagles won a couple of years ago, yeah. you immediately drove to my house, and then we went and got Sonic uh, yeah. in celebration. Immediately, we were like, ah, the Eagles are so full. We should eat cheeseburgers. Dude, that night was so crazy. We basically had two different Super Bowl parties going on, or I, or I did rather. Um, my good friend Michael Brooks is a uh, – Eagles fan too, so we had been watching like the season, the whole the whole season, like basically like we were like report to each other the next day at class and be like, dude, you know, Eagles did this. And we're like, I know what, you know, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, <laughs> and they got to the they got to the Super Bowl and we were like losing our minds. We we're like, this is this we look we must be living in the Matrix. Like, this doesn't happen in like a hundred years. It feels like so it, it, we were just. It, and everyone was. It was like one of the biggest like years for the Super Bowl ever. Yeah. Like, I, f- I feel like, and I feel like that. I'm not just saying that because I'm a Philly fan. Like that's just the way it is. I think a lot, a lot of people that maybe didn't normally watch football or didn't care about the team still watched because they were like, "Oh, maybe it'll be their first Super Bowl win, and yeah. I'll be here for it." Well, oh, was that the first time they'd been to the Super Bowl? No, they I didn't had, think so. They had been, or, or they had been to like the they were NFC championships, so they had been to the Super Bowl, right? Yes. If they, yeah. So they went to the NFC championships in 2004 or three with Donovan McNabb. Um, and that my dad and I watched that game too when I was younger. I remember watching that game, um, and then they lost the Super Bowl, I think, or something along the lines of that. 
Um, but like, I, I watched the first half at my parents' house. They had a huge party. They had like, um, my mom was like literally from Philadelphia. My dad lived there for a while, so they had like uh, little signs around the house that showed you how to pronounce things like a Philadelphian would say. Like they say "wooter" like instead of "water." Right. So she would say like, you know, have a glass of water, and she would say, show the pronunciation and. Mm-hmm. It's et cetera. Like, you know, and then they made like a bunch of Philly cheesesteaks and they made water ice. And if you don't know what water rice is, I don't even feel like explaining it. It's like <laughs> a snow cone, essentially. But it was a really, really fun time. And then for the second half, I went over to Michael's house and he had another party going on. We were just like reeling. And I have a video of us watching the end. Really? When, when everything was like confirmed. Um, I also have a video of us watching Philly Philly, the big, the big play. Mm-hmm. And that was just incredible. Um, and I don't like, – the next year, I was so not invested because the Eagles weren't doing good. I did not remember who was in the Super Bowl that next year. I think it was like the Rams and somebody else. Um, uh, the year after that. I don't remember who was the year after that. Like, I was – like I was like, did the Super Bowl happen in 2019? And they were like, <laughs> yeah, it, it was um, the Rams and whoever. And I was like, that did not happen. I don't remember watching it at all. Like right. I remember the one with Shakira, but I don't remember the one that happened with <laughs> with them. Um, so that was twenty twenty. Um, so yeah, that it was just I, I'm so like not invested. If the Chiefs win, cool. If Tom Brady wins again, uh, who cares? I mean, not who cares, but like, you know, I'm sure it's 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 likely. Who knows? Mahomes has got a big career ahead of him, though. I'm saying this like I, I watch football all the time. I don't watch football all the time, guys. He does. Well, you are correct. He has a big career ahead of him, <laughs> we hope. I, I think he's so good. Yeah, he's pretty good. I'm really excited to keep watching him. Isn't he our age? He is 24. If not, he turned okay. 25 very recently. Okay. Let's, so, let's, yeah. You know, around our age. Yeah, a little older than us. That's the weird thing when I watch college football, too, is because I watch, and every single person on the field is younger than me. Mm-hmm. Or most of them, because, you know, sometimes you have, like, those 32-year-old kickers <laughs> that are in college football. Jeez. But apart from that, I'm older than every person on the field. And I watch that, and I'm like, man. You know, because used to you watch college football, and you're like, oh, these guys are so cool. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're older than me and doing what they do in college. Now I watch them, and I'm like, oh, these guys are so cool. They're younger than me. I saw the the other day. More successful than me, and I see almost all of them all the time because, well, I used to at least when yeah. people went places. <laughs> yeah, that's rough. <laughs> Um. Also, what happened this weekend that I think is pretty notable to talk about? WandaVision. WandaVision. We've been keeping it up for a while uh, since you know it came out, like four, three or four weeks ago. Uh, we're big. We're big Marvel people. Me and you. Um. I will. I will say. I will say real quick. If because uh, we're going to talk about this most recent episode that came out on the fifth as well, because we're recording this the sixth. And we're posting it the 7th. Right. So we're talking about the latest episode. And if you haven't seen any of them or this latest one, just kind of skip ahead some amount of minutes until you hear us not talking about yeah. this. If you don't want to hear spoilers. Hope, hopefully we won't, we won't be talking about this too long. I don't think it will be that long. I, I, I do want to talk about like what I think is going to happen from here on out. Yeah, but I'm, um, I'm not going to come back in the audio and put in a like a time stamp to skip to or whatever. Because, so again, ki- we're sleepy. Yeah, so just <laughs> just kind of skip until we stop saying the words WandaVision, and then yeah. we'll carry on from there. Sorry, low effort, low effort, guys. <laughs> um, low skill. Is really true, low is. skill as well <laughs> um, at this point. So, yeah, WandaVision. It, it, this last episode was a kicker. 
it was really really good it was so good um now i'm not as into the comics as you are so when i watch some of these things happen i just i have i just kind of look at all these episodes with a fifty thousand foot view yeah i watch them happen i'm like oh that was cool i wonder what they'll do from here maybe a new character will be introduced and then well, people are like oh this character could happen from the comics and oh mutant I, alien babies I, I i like the uh I like to think of myself as pretty into the comics. I have a general knowledge of a lot of things. Like I don't actively read comics. I don't have a collection or anything like that, but I just know from like online. That that's basic. Other people read comics and I get the gist from there. I really should get into comics. But but it's side note. Um there are some people who are just way more into it than I am though. It's just crazy. Oh, it's, people, it's insane. People go on TikTok, yeah. I'll go like the next day after an episode comes out and they're like, Look what happened in the background here and they'll circle something. I'm like, How did you do that so fast? They watched it and then they watched it again at half speed and just took notes. Yeah. Like I love Marvel, but I I don't care enough to watch an episode when it just comes out four or five times to try and catch everything to try and predict what's going to happen in the next episodes. Mm. Cause the next episodes are going to happen whether you predicted correctly or not. Cause then all you get is if you predicted correctly based off all the knowledge you get is being like, ah, I told you. Well, I-, I think that's part of the reason too, but I think there are clues that pop up that Marvel purposefully puts in there. So like, like those clues are like interesting for people and like they kind of, you, you kind of get rewarded for that. I can see that happening, and th- and that's kind of why I like doing you know doing a little bit of like research or anything like that for the, for an episode. But a couple things to note here. Number one, Wanda might be able to raise the dead. Yes, which is insane, and also confusing. Yeah, confusing. Um, the thing is that I don't understand about this version of Wanda, right? Her powers come from the Mind Stone, along with. Uh, her brother Pietros, who is now who now is uh, of course deceased after Age of Ultron, they both got like manipulated with the Mind Stone. And that's how they had their powers. Wanda's powers directly correlate with mind, you know, stuff. She can lift things with telekinesis. She can do like energy blasts, and then she can like control people's minds or like make them have visions. And that's perfect with her powers. I don't know why Pietro runs fast. Like I don't know why that how how the Mind Stone affected him in that way, but it would make sense. Because now Wanda is effectively, effectively warping reality in the show, creating her own show and warping her own version of reality. So I'm wondering how she's able to do that, and it would make more sense if she was instead like uh, manipulating the, the reality stone or the, what they call the ether now in the Marvel Universe because it's not really a stone I mean, until Infinity War. Right. Um, I don't know. It's crazy though. I that last episode was really really good. You get to uncover some more things about some characters. Like you learn about the director more and how he feels about Wanda. Apparently, after Endgame, Wanda stole Vision's bot body from the Sword headquarters. Yeah, they which have is, it on video, which is kind of insane. Because well, and I wonder, I wonder what's driving her. You know, because yeah. obviously grief, but for sure, I don't think that whatever grief she was feeling would have been enough to overpower her to go to whatever lengths that she's gone to, you know, kidnapping thousands of people and also, you know, being their puppet master. It it wouldn't surprise me because I hate saying this term, 
because of the comics. In the comics, in the <laughs> comics, Wanda actually only I has hate, control over the babies that she makes, and that is it. <laughs> I hate, I hate saying that, but it's true. In the comics, she's kind of an antihero. Like, like she's and and she's kind of played that role in the in the MCU a little bit. Like, she has her own agenda and wants to fulfill it. She's had this really horrific life. Uh, and the show kind of really displays that well, like with throwbacks, like to whenever the, like one of the commercials that all the commercials have something to do with Wanda's past, but one of them was the star was the Stark toaster. Mm. And I didn't realize this, but it's beeping and then it like bings at the end of it, and I was like, oh, that's the time bomb that almost killed her and Pietro when mm-hmm. they were in Sokovia. It's one of the Stark bombs. Like, that's really, really messed up. And when you watch the commercial, too, it's, like, zooming in while it's beeping. And it it, it cuts to a shot of the woman that's part of the commercial who just kind of looks at the camera. She's kind of, like, yeah. deadpan. And she's literally just kind of, like, that wouldn't happen in actual commercial. And it's her just kind of being, like, this is a thing that's happening. And it's kind of important. Yeah. Um. So, Wanda's... It unhinged, really powerful. Vision's starting to realize what's happening, and he's getting really upset. And I'm wondering, okay, how much control does Wanda have of Vision? Is Vision actually alive? Like, did she have somehow revive him without right. the Mind Stone, or is this somehow a figment of how she thinks Vision would react? I thought for a long time that she was just kind of puppeting his body around, and that he was just, she was just putting the face on him, and like that was it. But he like. Tried to fight her almost at the end of the episode. You're like, what is happening? How is he alive? <laughs> and he controlled Norm of his own accord. Yeah. And she didn't know unless, you know, she played like she didn't know for right. the sake of the TV show for the people outside. So there are a lot of layers to unpack, whether how sometimes where she, the way she's acting confused or surprised is like the way that she set her own mind up to mm-hmm. be surprised by the things that she's already put in place or if some things actually weren't supposed to happen. Yeah. And then she saw them and was truly surprised. Right. Um, and then of course you have the cameo at the end, uh, of Quicksilver Pietro, Pietro, but it's not that version of him. It's right. the X-Men version from the movies. And I, is she recast Pietro? So yeah, that that's the line that the the person throws away, and it's kind of confusing to me because a, it could be that, but some people are looking into it and being like, well, that's the X Men version, so the X Men are now part of the universe, and I'm like, well, that's looking a little too deep, I think. I think that that she literally, you know, reformed him into another person, and it just so happened to be like that's just the the cheeky way of of looking at it and letting them know that hey, something big is coming coming soon, and that also. That's also something that I'm confused about. And again, in terms of Wanda's reaction to it, because, right. you know, he shows up and she looks like she's truly like, what? Why are why are you here? As if she didn't have somebody she was planning on being Pietro around. I I think the I think the reason for that, again, is I think either a she doesn't have complete control over the world. I think it might be, you know, Agatha. Um, that All right, that from the comics. <laughs> Agatha and, and Dormisius, the demons who she um, sold her soul to. Do you mean Mephisto? <laughs> of course, that's what I mean. That's what I said, Dormithius. <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get to her in a second. But, uh, yeah, it's very obvious that Agnes is not who she says she is. She's not this really She's not friendly. who she says she is. She's not 
friendly and she's obviously a bigger player here than we think and i think she's going to end up being the big bad either that or the you know sword which i'm excited time. for cuz i mean i love Catherine hahn mm-hmm. in general and she's been this you know she's been this nice upbeat character so if she is you know agatha some demon Witch. overlord lady i think she would kill that role as well yeah. so i'm very excited if that is the case to see it I'm hearing the rain through my headphones. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, the, the, the pitter-patter. Um, We're now in an ASMR podcast. Um, Sorry, that was a weird tangent. Uh, but, think, think, think. I was going to say about Agatha. Agnes, Agatha. She's Is it Agnes? Real. What? What's her name in the show? Agnes. Is it really Agnes? Yes. I feel bad. I'm, I, I'm saying Agatha. Because a lot of people were tying her character to Agatha She's this witch from the comics who often works for Mephisto, who is like the devil in the comics. Like he's like plays fills that that role of the uh, devil. What was the line somewhere in one of the other episodes where like that's not the only place the devil is? Someone said the devil's in the details, and she leans over and says that's not the only place he that's that's not the only place he is, and winks. Uh, so people were saying, oh, that's. She means she's Mephisto. And I was like, well, cool. That's awesome. But they really play with that this 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 whole uh episode. Yeah. Whenever she came in, Vision was really on to her. Um And like his she was gonna hold the babies and then Vision was like, No, I don't think so and she was like, All right, should we take it from the top? And like had the actor vibe and that's what kinda set Vision off in the first place. Yeah. And that was really spooky. Like yeah. and the canned laughter really gets me going. I'm not ne- I I don't listen to when I listen to canned laughter in anything there, I don't roll my eyes every time, but my mind says, "Hey, you should roll your eyes right now," because <laughs> I, I, I just can't stand it. But there's been so much canned laughter, and it, it being inappropriate moments, inappropriate moments really makes you uncomfortable, and it does it on purpose, and I really like it. Yeah, because I, I love the way that they have, like when they're in the TV show setting, like the, the, the laugh track that happens, and then something serious like that happens. And you have this 30 seconds of dialogue where that doesn't happen because no laugh track. Mm-hmm. And then immediately someone says something quippy and the laugh track's back. It just it makes those moments even more intense yeah. because the laugh track is there to cap it off. And can we talk about how different this show is than anything Marvel's ever done? Yes. Like, and that's, people are commending that, and I, I think it's a, a appropriate thing to commend because 100%. everybody says that there's a Marvel formula and every movie's the same, and, like, I can understand that, you know, from an outside perspective who doesn't really like superhero movies. Yeah, I, I can get that, that, that vibe that, you know, you – but this is very clearly something completely different and something really exciting. Yeah. Um, so now on to predictions. What this, what this will do for the Marvel Universe. First of all, they slyly mention Reed Richards in this show, and I missed it on my first viewing. Um, when Monica is talking to the other two detectives and she says something about, I know an astrophysicist yes. out there, yeah. she's most definitely referring to Reed Richards, and I completely missed that. Um. So we might see him at this point in the that show. That would be cool because they haven't done Fantastic Four correctly in a while. Yeah. And you can argue that they didn't do it correctly the first time either. But I like those movies. Um, yeah, I, I, I like them too, but uh, they didn't do it, you know, justice. Right. Um, so that's cool. I think he's either coming in this show or at some point Monica is going to introduce him to the MCU and in turn the Fantastic Four. Somebody – saw on their whiteboard they had written a four in the style of the Fantastic Four. Oh, really? Um, yes. And I, I saw that, and I was like, oh, that's a really cool little detail. So 
that could mean they come in the series. I doubt that. That's just too much to put on the WandaVisions. You know, I think there's there's already going to be so much um, that's, that's expected to come out from this this series. I don't think that's going to be one of them. Um, second thing, this is very very obviously pointing towards the direction of introducing mutants into the MCU. Um, with the with her kids. Not with just her kids, um, but this is how it hap- happens in the comics. Um, there's a couple of comic series and books that sh- that this show is drawing from and specific themes. So, like, there's one um, WandaVision series that, like, paints them in, like, a suburban home where they live their life happily. It's not a TV show, but they're just – that's just where they live and do things, and they have kids. And that's, like, okay, that, that's that part of this, this show. And then they have this other one where – she has kids in the comics in the, at this point in the comics, but then her kids get. She finds out her kids are fake, and she loses her mind and erases all mutants. Like mm. she like warps reality and erases the mutant gene because technically her kids are the first born mutants because they're made by a mutant and a, a you know humanoid. Um, well, I guess Vision in the comics isn't really like he is in the movies. Regardless. Um, so she races all mutant kind. So they they think the inverse is going to happen here because it's so kind she's of, able to warp reality in this comic. Oh yeah, and that that's her main power is in in the comics. Her again, you know, her movie uh, role is completely different. Right. But they're trying to, um, you know, assuage that yeah, she can definitely warp reality. She she yeah, maybe she, she's tapped into something else now. Right. I think she's just. Either a been given that she, she may have just been given that power by Mephisto, by or or whoever is the big bad, right? You know, because a lot of people are saying that she may have just like, um, given up something in exchange for you know knowledge or the the power or ability to make this world Westview. Um, so a lot of people are saying at the end of the series she's gonna go off, explode some stuff, because it's already been um, what's the word? Not told to us directly but um foreshadowed not foreshadowed but like uh not assumed but it's like it's already been kind of let's just say told it's already alluded been kind of, to alluded thank you that's the word i was looking for Kyle, that's why i love you um uh we, it's already been alluded to that monica rambo is going to take her superhero role which like she does in the comics right, right, right. uh for i can't remember her name it's not phasma but it's, it's something like that she she's gotten powers from her time in the hex which is now what they call Wanda's world westview um so, if Wanda explodes the whole world, mutants are born, and now they can come into the MCU, which is very convenient, honestly. Uh, so, and it's a really cool way to do it instead of just like, "All right, they're here now." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it gives an explanation. Um, and a lot of people are saying that there's going to be a cameo in the show. I believe that we just witnessed the cameo, unfortunately, which is kind of dumb. I, I wish it was someone cooler than Evan Peters as Quicksilver. I, I don't think that's what she I, was talking about. Because Elizabeth Olsen has alluded that, hey, there's going to be a big cameo in the show like Luke Skywalker was in Mandalorian. And I think she, for her, yeah, this is a huge moment for Wanda, for Evan Peters, you know, that that whole thing. I think I don't that think- she was giving that statement more to the more to the likeness of, um, like, the cameo will be in the likeness of Luke in terms of shock hype, factor, hype and fan service yeah. from a character that already exists within our universe. Not some random dude that was a Quicksilver in a different 
timeline. I think I, I I'm under the impression that that, that that's and I'm okay with it. I'm not, I'm, I'm the, the the movie doesn't owe anything or the show doesn't owe anything anything to me. I'm really enjoying it. It owes me everything. <laughs> this is the first good Marvel TV show. It owes me so much. Yeah. It, it, and uh, can we talk about the production value, dude? I was just thinking about that. Like it's so good. Like whenever we all have have a superhero TV show, the Graphics are normally trash and like everything. And I forget this is made by Disney, so they have all the money in the world. Literally all of so them. So they can make it look incredible and look really good and well, well done. Like I really liked the the practical effects that they use for the old timey movie stuff. And like you know, the the visual effects look exactly yeah. like they do in yeah, the Marvel. The movie. small glimpse we got of the real world when Monica got shot out or when Wanda walked in and out and. Woof. Use her powers. It really looks great. Good. It looks great, and I'm really happy that that's the case. Um, so, um, um, this is a series that a lot of people I feel like were uh, overlooking, and I feel like it's finally getting the credit it deserves. And I feel like Wanda and Vision themselves are like rushed characters; like they're not like you know really fleshed out in the movies and yep. like you know overlooked. I really think that they are finally getting the credit and because they are really cool characters really diverse characters and wanda is so cool like she's so powerful um so i'm excited to see where this show goes we'll probably talk about it once a week if we ever get the chance to, if we if we what if we ever record like this again where we've already <laughs> watched the episode uh for friday so um keep that in mind when you're watching the next episode of milk and screams <sighs> kyle are you ready to get into what i'd like to talk about today i guess so <laughs> i'm just so I'm confused. I guess you'll you'll because you told me a story briefly earlier. Very briefly. So I missed. I need, I, 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 I on purpose let out a lot of details. Yeah. So I'm gonna need to hear a lot of things because when I initially heard it, I had a couple of plot hole questions. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the year 2009. What a good year, huh? God. The stock market had just crashed. Let me tell you something. Everyone was sad. Let me tell you something. This span of years, from like 2008 to like 2013, was so weird. It was a weird time to be alive. Like, it, it was like internet culture was weird. They had these weird, and like there was so many things that we as kids, because we were really kid kids at this point, yeah. were oblivious to. Um, like Coney 2012. Do you remember that? I know of it. I don't remember like, it happening. There was this huge movement online with, like, you know, about getting this African overlord in, in Africa. Uh, and we were like, what are we going to do? We're going <laughs> to put posters up everywhere. Like, this was just a weird time to be on the internet. Here's what I remember in those five years, because I didn't really have internet that much growing up. And I, 2008 to 13, I'd probably <clears throat> just been allowed to have a Facebook and would be on it for maybe half an hour at my grandma's house whenever I was there. Right. So I wasn't on the internet that much. Here's what I remember from 2013. Cool, cool. I remember that um, adults were sad because of the stock market. Sure. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew that it happened. Um, I remember Minecraft happening and getting introduced okay. in the span of that five years. Obviously, the turn of the decade itself. Um, 2012 happened yeah 2012 the whole you know shebang there were movies and the end you know, of the world was coming do you know in 2000 either 8 or 11 that's there was another world ending phenomenon that happened 
It was it was Christians that were saying that it was going to be in the end of the world. Because you know what, that will be its own episode of the podcast. I think I'm going to create a new series. <laughs> um, hopefully this <clears throat> this phrase isn't already trademarked because I haven't talked with you about this yet. Okay. History mysteries. I feel like I, that's got to be trademarked by someone. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll call it something different. But I want not a not a continuous series like for every episode of the podcast. But like. Whenever we don't have anything to talk about, I want to go at some point in either internet history or just history in general and explain something that is not concrete. Someone doesn't know for sure what happened or why it happened or mm. and, and kind of delve into what happened. I, so I, I that's kind of where this series is kind of coming from. I remember I – remember, I don't know if memes were born in this time frame, but I remember being introduced to them in this time frame. Very shortly before this, like in 2003. Fives and sixes and sevens, like that's when this—that's when memes originated and started, or like you know, when were they becoming popular? This is where your heyday comes from, where like your you know, uh, troll face and like you know, yeah. So the lay the lay face, like the lay me, yeah, all those. So all those you know, really uh, cringy memes now were in their heyday for like five years before memes had like a lifespan of two weeks maximum. <laughs> um, so which is that, that that what an exponential decrease yes, of meme culture. A hundred percent. Because like if, if anyone today posted a Bernie meme of him sitting in the cold, everyone would be like, Bro, you're so late to the <laughs> you're this so is, late. This is such a dead meme. Yeah. Oh my god. So um today we're gonna talk about something that I have thought about periodically. Like once a year, I just think about this story. And I had legitimately never heard about this. We're gonna talk about Balloon Boy. Okay. Balloon Boy. I thought this this was a concrete thing that just actually happened. Listen, I was so oblivious as a child. Apparently, when I was a child in 2009, this there's a story on the news, right? This little boy climbs into this weather balloon. Uh, and we're going to go into deep, deep context. This is what we're talking about for the next 45 minutes <laughs> or 30 minutes, however long. Buckle up. Buckle up. So he gets in the balloon. The balloon takes off by accident. He flies in the air 60 miles, and everyone's freaking out. Dap calls the police and, you know, the FAA, which is like the Federal Aviation Agency or whatever. They're trying to get him down safely, and it's really scary on the news. Everyone's freaking out. They get the balloon to land somewhere, like, outside of the Colorado airport. Real quick, is this one of those instances where, like, when you say everyone's freaking out, this is like it's gone on the news, and, like, the world is watching as this uh, is unfolding? The world is watching. Okay. Yeah, this live footage, everything. They open up the, the top of the balloon, and there's nobody in there. So now they're saying, oh, my God, my son fell out of the sky in the woods somewhere. <laughs> Just the um, way you phrase it, like, he fell out of the balloon. No, he fell out of the sky. <laughs> um, A manhunt begins. The, the search for this little boy. And a couple hours later, he just comes out of the attic. And everyone's like, thank God you're safe. But Lord have mercy, we've been looking for you. Like, so everyone's kind of relieved. And um, to give you a little more background into, like, the family dynamic, okay? Um, the father is an uh, amateur inventor. inventor um, and he's a, like, amateur storm chaser. He's had a run on a couple of reality TV shows. And he's the kind of guy who you would assume has been on reality TV shows. Like he was on the show. Why swap? Um, you know where they um, yeah, yeah. swap their bribes. Um, he's been on that show twice and he's been on a couple of like little ones. Um, he sells stuff, you know, like his dimensions and he, the way he sells them like in commercials, 
it's it's wild. Like he screams at the camera and like runs around, like humps <laughs> the air. Like it is insane. Like this guy's on another level. Um, he's married to a a, a Japanese woman uh, who came here from Jap- Japan and got married to. Um, I think his name is Richard. Uh, Richard Richard Heen, uh, and his wife Mayumi. They have three little boys. Falcon's the youngest. He's the one who got in the balloon. The other two, who cares? His uh, name is Falcon. Falcon. How ironic, right? <laughs> <laughs> um. So. They come out and like uh, he's uh, he's been in the attic the whole time. Everyone's like, okay, well thank God he's safe. You know, oh my God. Um. So then, later on, literally that day, CNN is interviewing the family on their couch. They're kind of sitting there. They're all kind of like, you know, giving a sigh of relief. They're interviewing the family. And at some point, uh, this line of questioning comes out. Okay? Is this going to be quote for quote verbatim? Quote for quote. I watched the video and I'm quoting them right now. Also, I'm sorry this isn't a video podcast yet, so I can't show you videos. Um, there is a video online from the YouTube channel Internet Historian that does a way better job of explaining this stuff than me. And they have all the videos and stuff like that. Um, if you're interested in this stuff, and I'm going to be talking about other videos that, they, that I've watched from my research, watch his video. It's really interesting and intriguing um, because what we know as like history from this incident is not true. It's it's or largely you know it's it's up for debate essentially. Um, so this is what they're asking. They ask Falcon, "Did you ever hear us call your name?" He says, "Mm-hmm," and they say, "You did." Why didn't you come out? And he says, um, and he's kind of rambles for a second. By the way, this kid's six years old. Okay. He's like hardly forming words at this point. You guys said we did this for the show. So now everyone's saying, oh, Heath, or Heath, Richard, Richard. Heen, Richard Heen literally did this as a stunt so he can get news coverage and everything. And then, like, they're putting pieces together. They say in the news is saying, okay, well, he called the news before he called the police. And he, um, you know, did this for a publicity stunt. He craves attention. So now the problem is $2 million has been spent looking for this boy via he- news helicopters, via firemen, police, um, you know, search helicopters. There were flights that had to be delayed or deferred because um, of the boy flying too, plo- too close for the, to the Colorado airport. They thought the plane was going to mm. hit them. I said the boy. He was flying. There was a balloon flying by itself. <laughs> um, so a lot of people were like – and by the way, this became such a massive meme. Like, <laughs> like it was insane. There were so many posts about it. It was the number one search thing on Google, like balloon boy or like some variation of those two words. Uh, it was like insane. Um, I bet those memes would be so good today if it happened. Yeah, they were. They were. They were. They were pretty funny memes. Um, eventually, uh, over a span of months, the mother and father were quickly charged thirty-six grand and pleaded guilty. Now, uh, for those people, they're like, "Oh, it was a hoax. That's it. That's the end of the story." To this day, Richard claims it wasn't a hoax. He's been on news several times in the last eight or you know eight or so years and has claimed. Every time, it's not a hoax. It's not uh, fake. It was an experiment that he was doing gone wrong. So a lot of people take that with a grain of salt because obviously this guy's prideful. He's not going to own up to, yeah, I want to put my son in a balloon, but no, it happened. So, you know, it's hard to own up to that. Um, 
So a lot of people just said, you know, yeah, whatever. It, it's it's been ten years. Who cares? But some people are like, wait, hold on. There's something. If he's saying it, it's, it's worth investigating. And there's some really kind of weird coincidences that happen. So I'm going to talk about the video because there's actual live footage of the balloon launching. Um, that's kind of funny, <laughs> if you ask me. <laughs> um, we're going to look at some other uh, anecdotal evidence uh, for you know Richard's innocence, if you will. Um, and we're just going to talk about this story. I think it's a really interesting little little tale. You were going to say something earlier? Uh, I don't remember. Well, I, I think my one question so far, I mean, I have many. Sure. But <laughs> I think my starting question is uh, – why was there a weather balloon in the first place? Because it seems like it was near their house. Because he, because the kid was just sitting in the attic. It was in, it was in their backyard where he was doing the experiment. Okay. Um, it's an aluminum balloon. Um, they actually have all like the materials like laid out like, in the blueprints and everything. Like they have, it's like aluminum, plastic wrap, and like other things. But it's like a like um, it's like eight feet wide. It's a circular little thing. It looks like a flying saucer. It literally looks like a flying saucer. And there's electronics on the inside and like this little canister, like um, it's probably as big as this table. Okay. Um, and there's like electronics inside and everything like that. And that help him control the balloon and like where it's going to fly. Um, he can't control it yet from the ground. He was just doing a flight test. So um, let's get into the video of what happened. Okay. If you want, again, if you want to look at this video, go to internet historian on YouTube and there's a video of, this whole conversation that we're going to have, essentially, it, it has all of it laid out. It's really interesting. I like it. It's funny, too. So, um, la -da -da, la -da -da. I'm just looking at my notes. Okay. So, this is the balloon test. Basically, because it's filled up with helium, uh, like a lot of balloons are. Actually, I think weather balloons at this point aren't fueled by helium. They're fueled by another really light gas that I can't remember. Um, I don't even know what – I didn't – Weather balloons, I know nothing about. I didn't <laughs> I, know, honestly, that they used weather balloons anymore. Well, I kind of figured there was some other technology that they figured out, and just weather balloons are useless now. Well, they, they, use, them, they use them for a myriad of, of uses. I, 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 I may be wrong about the helium thing, uh, but helium was probably the most economic that he was able to get as an amateur. You know, um, So basically what he was trying to do was just test and see how it would fly. Uh, or doing like a test flight thing. So he had things tethered down, right? So you can see on the video is a, a sweeping motion and you see three cylinders. Those are helium canisters. They're like huge helium canisters. Um, helium isn't cheap. It's not too expensive, but it isn't cheap. It's very, you know, it's not easy, easy to come by, especially in 2009. It's not like Amazon where you can just buy whatever you want, you know? So, a lot of people are pointing that and saying, well, if this is a lot of money to spend on a hoax. A lot of money that Heath – Heath? Why am I saying Heath? I keep saying Heen. Uh, Richard probably doesn't have for a hoax to get him you know, clout on the internet. So that's already kind of a, a throwaway kind of hmm moment. You know? Right. So <clears throat> lands on the family. They're messing with the balloon. Um, Falcon's nowhere to be found. And, uh, the son's holding the camera. So they're doing something, they do something okay, and then they let go of like some of the tethers. And uh, Mayumi, his wife, is supposed to hold on to the tether. The balloon kind of tilts up, and then poof, it goes into the air. Richard loses his mind. Like, it makes you uncomfortable how angry he gets his wife. Like, he screams at her, and she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's like, F and this, F and that. And she's, and she's screaming at her, berating her. If he's acting 
he's doing a really really good job. <laughs> like like he is in like incredibly angry. He's like it's very clear that this is his only uh prototype for his weather balloon and he just lost it. There's no way to get it now. Right. Um and he's like yelling at her, berating her and everything like that. And the kids getting this all on video and he the kid behind the camera um says uh Hey, Falcon's in the balloon. His parents aren't even listening at this point. He's, mm. where's Falcon? Falcon's in the balloon. The kid is also doing a really good job of acting. <laughs> like he's just screaming, like guys, Falcon. Like he's like running across, like trying to get their attention. And this is all like on home video. We can watch the video again. And he's like, you know, where's Falcon? Falcon's in the in the thing. Blah 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 blah. blah. And then, um. The parents are eventually like trying to listen. Like, no, he's not in the balloon. Like, where is he? They start they start calling his name, and then they realize Falcon is nowhere to be found. They can't find him anywhere. So, with that all set up, they're just. I feel like a lot of people probably haven't seen this footage. Um, at least you know people who aren't invested in balloon boys. I am, of course. <laughs> so, um, that already kind of sets off a lot of things that people have wrong with this case, which is a, a few things, right? Um. Here is the case against the Heen family, okay? So, so against being, this is the case of saying it is, in fact, a hoax. Right. Okay. The balloon can't lift the child. That's one of the main things. Balloon can't lift the child that high. It's just helium. What are you saying, Heen? What are you saying, boy? Number two, that he called the news before he called 911. Right. Um, Falcons live slip up on CNN where he said, oh, you did it for the show. Um, Mayumi's confession later on, she confesses to the crime and then the guilty plea, uh, right. for the, for the, uh, so she confessed outside of court. No, she confessed, uh, under a, like a detective, like a, um, interrogation, but she okay. was alone. She wasn't with Richard. Um, so let's start with the, the number one, the balloon. Okay. The balloon, uh, there's a lot of math involved with this that I don't know. Uh, the person, again, did this on the video, so I, I, I'm kind of just literally plagiarizing his stuff, <laughs> but uh, essentially. Uh, but this is all math that he done. Again, I'm giving him credit. Uh, this guy's really smart. The balloon lift potential is 65 pounds. Again, we have all the blueprints available for like you know the capacity of the balloon, how much helium it fits in there, what it's made out of. We also know the weight of the craft. 13.88 pounds. Falcon's weight is 37 pounds at this time. The police weighed him after uh, the incident. Okay. So that gives you room to lift Falcon in the air with ease and 11 pounds extra. So that's already just out of the way trash. There's no way that that's, you know, it's not impossible for the balloon right. to lift, up, lift him up easily. So um, even if that's the case, if you think it's a hoax, why is that important that he's able to be left by the balloon? Yeah. I don't understand why that's a big thing, but whatever. Um, so then we have the news, right? So the news, obviously, at this point is kind of getting money off of this story. So they're saying things that really aren't true. So what happened with the news slip up where they're saying, hey, he called the news before he called 911 is – um. So he called the FAA first, which is the Federal Aviation Agency. Or uh, association. Some, uh, uh, association, thank you. Um, because he knew that they could track the balloon down from the sky faster than the police would be able to. Um, plus, it's a small balloon, so if it's up in the air, it's kind of hard to see in general. Right. Um, 
So they told him to call 911, and he did so. They spent 20 minutes on hold, and they were on hold three separate times. Again, they're crying and hysterically because their son's in the air. Right. Again, course. and they have, of course, these 911 calls as well. They spend like th 30 seconds talking to them on the phone, and then they spend five minutes on hold. It's like, and they're like, so he's in the weather balloon. He's like, yes, he's in the weather balloon. They're crying like hysterically. And like, okay, uh, let me put you on a brief hold. Stay right there, okay? And they put him on hold again. It's like, uh, what do you want me to do? So after that, they called the news. Um, it's raining really hard now. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what is that noise? <laughs> um, so that's kind of the gist of that. Um, it, like I said, he he definitely didn't call the news before 911, even though the news was present there before probably they got there, maybe. Um, I don't know, but that's... Can you imagine, like, if it was a real situation? Like, put yourself in the like in the dad's shoes for for a second, real yeah. quick. If, if this is a real situation, and you think your boy's in the air, and you immediately go, "Oh man, I gotta call CNN real quick, <laughs> guys! You're never gonna believe my son is in perilous danger. <laughs> Please get him on tape falling from the sky into the woods. Let him be eaten by jaguars. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'm gonna call police. Uh, on hold? Yeah, sure. I'm fine. Yeah, sure. God, CNN is gonna video my boy. <laughs> What else do we have to do today, Mom? Uh, Miami. What else do we have to do today? <laughs> we had that. Uh, oh, we, we we're going over to the to the to the uh, the Regan's house, right? Later on for dinner. Yeah, oh, man, it's gonna be so good. It's gonna yeah. be such a good dinner story, man. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're totally gonna be totally fine with this because we called CNN. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So now on to the third thing: Falcon's live slip up. This is kind of the biggest hole. In <laughs> yeah, that's just what I was about to ask because he says for the show. The heck is the show? So. Like I said, they've spent a lot of their time on reality TV. So that's a lot of what this boy knows. So basically what he says is he misheard the question, and they were being interviewed by several different people. Even though CNN had the central focus, there were like four other news organizations there asking them questions at the same time, mm. one by one. Mm. So he'd heard a question and then heard another question, and then he was just like, for the show. And like he just – He's six years old, and he's had this super traumatic day. Everyone thought he's dead. So, like, I don't, I don't so much pin that on him. But again, that is the biggest hole because I mean, I kind of do because six-year-olds have all the ability to comprehend and form sentences. They do. I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that a lot of times they, I, I think people give them more credit than it's earned. They, they, and uh, six-year-olds develop differently too. There are, I think of our old youth pastor's child, Ruth, or Ruth, right? Ruth didn't really, or Jojo. Jo. Jojo didn't speak very well for a long time. <laughs> she should have been speaking, you know, perfectly fine at that point or whatever. Right, but she, could under, but she could understand the question. So then my biggest thing is, what question did he think that he heard to say for the show? Again, this was not, uh, so much time was pressed on this specific topic. I watched the video of him saying, "Let's get him on the podcast and let's ask Falcon, him directly." If you're listening to this, I'm sure he's not tired at all about getting his questions. Falcon, if you're listening to this, you're almost 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you're almost our age. Please come on the podcast, Milk and Screams, and we will talk about Balloon Boy again. I feel like every episode we say, "Hey, if you big public figure or famous person is watching, come on over." <laughs> um, but yeah, he was interviewed later. When he was like nine or ten, able to you know 
recollect on the subject, and he said he was being asked about something else at the same time, and he was answering that question. So it made it seem like, again, this is the biggest hole they have. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, trying to defend Falcon here, um, but he was six years old. <laughs> it's not like he's able to, you know, pro- and he's probably nervous. I don't know. So that's my my kind of perspective on Falcon. Then you have Mayumi's confession. Mayumi. Here's the thing about Mayumi. Okay, she's from Japan. Mm-hmm. English is not her first language. Naturally. So, um, let me just see. So her confessions are kind of sucky. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so um, what does she say? Sh- okay. English is not her first language. They did not set her up with a lawyer to help uh, defend her or interpret for her. Okay. They also – she said that they'd only built the craft two weeks before uh, the launch. That's what she said uh, or claimed in, in, the, in the confession, which made them, um, you know, for some reason believe her story because they asked her on the timeline how long it had been since they built the craft. Now, because they're on reality television, this makes things interesting. Later on, one of the people who was on Wife Swap with um with that family, uh the wi- the wife that was swapped, uh was later on the news. Um again, this is kind of anecdotal, so we don't know if she's telling the truth, but just based on her word, she said that she literally helped Keith build some of the- <laughs> Keith Richard. You have called him three different names so far. I, I keep thinking of Keith Ranieri, that really scummy like cult leader. Because of Heen and Ranieri to me, for me, like the multiple E's sound the same. I don't know why, but that's just where my mind is right now. You really now. are tired. I'm, I'm exhausted, guys. <laughs> um, I'm talking about Balloon Boy. I'm just so exhausted. This story is taxed so much from me. I'm just kidding. Um, so she says, and essentially, yeah, I've seen the craft when I was on the show, and I helped him build some of this stuff on the show just be, uh, you know, cause to be a part. And that was eight months prior to the launch. So, again, I don't know how credible this person is. I know she was on the show with them, but I don't know how credible she is. But it's already conflicting with Mayumi's story, who probably was just so tired of uh, all the um, press and everything like that. She was probably just so tired that she just wouldn't admit to anything at that well, point. Well, that also doesn't sound like it conflicts that much to me, only because like she says she helped build the craft, and then Mayumi says they finished two weeks before the launch. So, like, building that would definitely have taken a long time. So someone helped eight months ago, and then they finished no, she two said, weeks ago. No, she said they started and finished it two weeks ago. That's what Mayumi said. She said they started and finished it yeah. the two weeks before? Let me just double check. Yeah, she said they started and built it two weeks before okay. the launch. So it makes it seem like, okay, they did this. They had a plan. They just kind of, like, so excited they hatched it out and did everything. But this person is saying... No, I actually was there when they were building it, you know, prototyping it, building the blueprints. It took eight months at least, on and off, because this isn't his only job. He right. does he does other things. So that's that. Mayumi, though she confessed, and my dad will tell you this, he's a detective. Just because they confess to something doesn't mean it's necessarily true. They probably just want to be done with the whole thing, or they mm-hmm. had their own agenda or incentive, you know. Just because, you know, you're supposed to tell the truth doesn't mean you are. So who knows if – English is not her first language. So without it being fair you know, to her, without having a lawyer present, who knows what they could have said to her. Um, last, the plea, the guilty plea. Um, 
Heaney wants to take it to court because he's a little bit crazy. <laughs> he's fighting the police department and everything like that. He's kind of crazy. Uh, the police confiscated all of their computers, all of their phones, everything that they could on the Heath, and they found nothing that would convict them. Absolutely nothing. Wow. Um, so that's another thing. Cause like you think they would at least maybe talk about this to somebody else or write it down somewhere. Nope. They, they found absolutely nothing. So they have nothing to prove against them. He takes it to court. And the interesting thing about this is, um, they were trying to kind of pressure them into just accepting the charges. They brought up Mayumi's citizenship status. Um, and federal charges so uh, if you know if things were to go against them they could have federal charges and have felonies on their hands Hmm. for wasting that but the time of the you know uh first responders which i guess is you know kind of whatever um essentially if you look at it from his perspective okay everyone on earth thinks this is a hoax because of my son saying something on live tv um my wife has kind of already confessed to the crime which is not real and the news says it's a hoax. So everyone on the jury is going to think it's a hoax. Even though they're there to be truthful, it's, it's going to the, – the jury is going to be stacked against me essentially if I go to court with this. It's a lose-lose. There's no way he's going to win. Right. He's going to spend more money on the court cases and everything like that than he is going to somehow win if he wins in a one-in-a-million chance. So he gives in uh, to their – uh, demands. He's forced to apologize uh, to first responders, and that really that video is kind of spooky. He like really gets choked up and upset because he has to apologize to people that helped him in the community and stuff like that. And right. He gets really upset. Um, great actor. <laughs> he's a great actor. I'm telling you, you should really watch his commercials for his products. He is just like the most corniest guy ever. Like it's so cringy. It's so bad. <laughs> um. So he basically got, I think, uh, 30 days in prison, I think, or uh, or jail. I don't remember. I think it was prison or jail. Uh, then he got released. Uh, and then also that was at $36,000. He was charged $36,000. It's kind of crazy that this whole situation, right, cost $2 million altogether. Yeah. And then he comes, into, he comes into court and says, yeah, I did this on purpose. And they're like, you cost us $2 million. In repayment, give us $36,000. I think they just let him off easy. I mean, you know, they're not – normally, the court's not going to charge you exactly what the cost was for everything to happen. And plus – That's get, why America's in debt, man. They get, they get calls like that all the time, you know, false calls that waste money. But they're normally not charged for that, if it, especially if it was an honest mistake. Um, why we're in debt, man. Charge them. Charge, <laughs> charge them, them all. all. Um, over the last eight years and countless interviews, only one thing has remained the same. Heen's story. What happened to Heen and why? That's the only thing that has remained the same. Normally in this case, things would change. Anecdotal things would change. But the news has been caught lying, obviously, about the 911. The police have been caught lying and doing shady things like, you know, bringing up Mayumi's um, citizenship status and everything like that. They've been caught, you know, quote-unquote lying. Heen is the only one that's been... The, the constant um, control in this experiment, if you want to call it that. So basically, this whole entire story basically comes down to 
my six-year-old son, who was probably traumatized and sleepy from the whole day of the thing, said one little slip of online television, and now my life is kind of ruined. My 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 um my recommend my my, my uh reputation credibility credibility is forever tarnished. So that, I don't okay I I have thoughts. Kyle, I would love to hear your thoughts because I I am one of the people who is just like what like again I'm more susceptible to conspiracies than you are so I I, just, I would love to hear your thoughts. I do not think that he is being truthful. I think the whole thing was in fact a hoax. Okay, and here's why I say that. A. However much that like. After that incident happened, right? Yeah. They run around screaming, you know, Falcon, Falcon, where are you? Run through the house, Falcon, 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 Falcon. He would have shown himself and been like, what? Or they would have checked every no – like if I'm a parent, right, and my kid is missing, I am checking every nook and cranny of that house. And then he suddenly comes out of the attic and they're like, oh. The attic that we use so often because a child is in. I can't believe we didn't check it. So for that for that part, he was in a box in the attic. So if they looked in the attic and were like up there looking, he was in a box. Apparently he was playing hide and seek. That was the alleged thing that he was playing hide and seek. And when they were, I, I think often of how irrational I was as a child, like – he probably wasn't thinking anything of it about his parents looking for him, like screaming his name. He, pro- I'm being honest. He probably wasn't thinking anything of it. He's probably, oh, I, I'm being such a good hider. No, I think I 100% disagree. Because, okay, A, that's a, that's another reason. Maybe this is a kind of another push for me to think that it's a hoax. Because, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong, it doesn't sound like the kid is the one that was saying I was in a box in the attic or whatever. He was. I was playing yeah. hide and seek. Okay. In... In either case, right? If I'm a six-year-old, I, six-year-olds can be irrational, sure. But irrational, yes. There's a different. I don't believe that there. There was hide and seek is a is a is a game where everyone's involved, right? That's not something you just start yourself and just kind of randomly hide and just wait until people start freaking out. So nobody was looking for him initially, right? There was no game of hide and seek that had been initiated. He was just kind of in a box. Well, I- and then B. Rational as a six-year-old or irrational as a six-year-old. There's a difference between your parents going, "Honey, honey, where are you? Uh, you know, come down for dinner. Uh, where are you?" And you being like, "Haha, they won't find me here." And your parents going, "Falcon, Falcon, please, please, where are you?" That's a huge <laughs> difference, right? No, rational, irrational six-year-old is not going to hear their parents screaming, crying for the name, and being like. <laughs> I'm in a box. Um, maybe you could hear them from the attic. Uh, and also, again, I I do not doubt the irrationality of a, of a six year old. They do not think, oh, my parents are looking for me. They're probably worried. I'm gonna go downstairs. They do not think that way. I do not know under no circumstances, especially if he's like shy or if he's just like that kind of weird kid who wants to just go hide from his family. Like people will do that all the time and they will just go missing and then turn up hours later and like he probably thinks oh they're never gonna find me and like you know he's committing to that that part he doesn't think that people are gonna be worried for him he's gonna be on the news you know what i mean like i i think that's very well in the realm of possibility 
I do think that it's in the realm of possibility that it's a hoax as well. He could be lying through his teeth, but seeing the videos really makes you go, um, I don't, I don't, I wish I had the videos here to show you, but it really makes you go, that's really good commitment. And another one, another one of my hangups is him in the interview saying, you know, being kind of like bombarded, but then still saying, you guys told me to stay there for the show. Right. Okay. Because no matter no matter what he heard, what, what whatever question happened, like he was bombarded. But the sentence, "You told me to stay there for the show." A, he clearly knows about the fact that they're reality TV, or maybe that the news was going to be involved somehow. Mm-hmm. And B, that he also said, "You told me to stay there," not just like you know, right. just like uh, for the show. It's like you told me to stay there for the show. Yeah, I I I can. That's that's like I said. That's the biggest hole in their entire story. Yeah, because like regardless of what he thinks he heard, he probably he probably was kind of like they're asking a lot of questions. The only thing I know is that I was told to stay put. So the the quote is, "You guys said we did this for the show." Okay. So so in my mind, I think he's talking about the balloon because at this point they weren't actively on a show. There was no film crew present for their balloon launch. So in my mind, I think he's thinking of the balloon. He's thinking, my dad's doing this for a show because he doesn't know the inner workings of his dad's job. You know what I mean? He's six years old. He doesn't think of these things. So he's like, his parents probably were like, we're going to go test the balloon. We're doing this for the show and leaves. That's my mind. I don't think, okay, go hide up in the attic and do not come out for five hours. We're doing this for the show. They wouldn't leave their son up there for five. They were, they were searching. For, he was in the air for two hours and was trailing 60 miles. There's no way that they were like, Falcon, just stay up there until we come back home, and then you can come out of the attic. I think there is. Up. People are twisted. And I think he's I, I think he's one of those guys that is just twisted. I, he he very well could be twisted. I'm, I'm not saying that it's indefinitely you know a truth, but it's it's not black and white. I do not think at all. Like it's many not, things in this world, it's not. No, it's certainly not black and white. But the way, in my in my opinion, this this whole thing was fabricated from the start. Yeah, yeah, I, I disagree. Like many things, Kyle, we disagree. But then that's where we go back to the conversation we've had before is that you definitely are more susceptible to conspiracy theories. Like the second, like you think, you know, situation and the second someone brings up one fact you hadn't considered, you're like, Oh man, this, the tables have turned. It would be one thing if it was one fact, but it's several different things. Again, like I said, Richard's story has stayed the same for over a decade. It has not changed at all. Whereas the media, which I don't even want to get into the media, they they lied from the start. They were liars. They, that's what they did. They manipulated the story, which is what they do all the time for a story like that. Lied. The police were doing shady things. They were pressuring them to give a to give a guilty plea. That's what they do. That's how they make their money. That's what they do. And it's it's for unfortunate, but that's what how they make their money. So that's my my thought is to root for the little guy even if it was a hoax his story has stayed the same and he is i'm telling you once you watch the video you're kind of like freaked out because he's he goes off a little too hard on his wife <laughs> he freaks out on her a little he bit. overacted for oh. the fabrication that I, he he manifested from the start yeah i he i overacted i happen to know a little bit about like fake acting and like acting in general that's kind of my kind of my wheelhouse a little bit it did not seem like acting to me. 
in his video. I encourage you to watch the video. Go look up the Internet Historian's video on the Balloon Boy. It's like 10 minutes. It's shorter than we spent talking about Balloon Boy here. I could have just said, guys, go watch the video. And then you guys could have went and watched it, and that would have been the end of the podcast. It would have been three seconds long. Yeah, but um, we're glad you listened. And, and now for the second round of the segment we're going to call. Yeah? I'm just thinking. Hold on. All right. I'm here for it. We've got to rename the segment every time. Yeah, and you're, you're going to rename it this time. I think you did it last time, but it's it's on your it's on your uh, the subject you researched, so you rename it. I'm waiting with bated breath. Pickle. <laughs> Is that it? Just pickle with a question mark. Pickle. <laughs> pickle. <laughs> it's time to pickle. <laughs> We're gonna rename balloons. No, first of all, we're going to rename Richard to Heath or Keith because you said it a million times. His name is no longer Richard. Keith. Richard is now Keith. And uh, spread the word, folks. His name is Keith now. <laughs> Balloon Boy Father's name is Keith from now on. Let's rename Balloons because I think that will be a fun one to rename. Kyle, I'm going to have you rename Balloons. Go ahead. Go. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call him Floaty Pops. Floaty pops. I'm gonna call balloons floaty pops. Yeah, I was really hoping you were gonna do something cool there. You're like, oh, first thing called what do balloons do? Float pop pops. <laughs> um, I'm gonna rename falcons. Yes. And also, I would I would like it if you renamed the story. You know, it's we call it Balloon Boy, Floaty Pop Boy, <laughs> Blo- Floaty Pop Child. Um, I'm gonna call falcons. Angry chickens. <laughs> angry, angry. Are we just leaving it angry again? You look no. like you're about to just end it like angry with a question mark. <laughs> this segment of pickle. I'm gonna read in Falcons too. Angry, angry, angry birds. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Falcons are the angry birds. <laughs> they 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 don't have like a furrowed brow the entire time. They're just like <laughs> Wait, do birds have eyebrows? Birds have eyebrows, definitely. <laughs> like this. How else do they show emotion? Yes. Falcons are angry birds. You know, we were talking about weather balloons, and um, I think I have a quick recommendation. Um, there's a movie on YouTube called... Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> called, oh, yeah! Called Pterodactyl <laughs> Extinction USA. Oh, my God. Now, here's oh. the thing. <laughs> this is a comedy goldmine for people who understand the heart of comedy. You know, you have to be a special oh, kind of person. You have to be stupid, too. To laugh at this movie. <laughs> so here's the thing. A, this movie was animated first. And then the cast was brought in to write their, to deliver their lines. But none of the cast delivered their lines with each other. They all delivered their lines on their own. And then got put into the movie which like, had already been animated screen. yeah so the movie was shot very backwards and that was the point of it because the point of the movie is stupid comedy yeah and it's got it's got people in it like shane and noah from smosh and people from valley folk um 
and it's just a stupid comedy movie about whether about balloons. It's about balloons. It takes place on this day they've floaty dubbed pops. Balloon Day, Floaty Pop Day, if you will. Mm-hmm. And again, Pterodactyl Extinction or Pterodactyl Extinction USA. It's called something like that. I highly encourage that you watch that movie. I I have a feeling that this is. I've noticed a phenomenon with this movie called Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah. That has been mostly true for me is that most of the, most of the guy friends I've ever had have loved the movie. And most of the girlfriends that I've ever had have hated the movie. I have a feeling that this movie is going to experience a (laughs) similar, a similar curve of like to dislike ratio between the males and the females. So just take take that as you will. Watch the movie anyway. Highly encourage it. It's so funny. It's if so you, stupid. If you are the correct kind of person, it is a hilarious movie. <laughs> yes. And the director of it subtweeted me on Twitter. I want to brag. Really? Did he? Yeah, but Noah had like retweeted his tweet, and I had like I had replied to the tweet, and I was like, "Masterpiece work of art." And then he subtweeted, retweeted. It was like, "You hear that work of art?" All other people have called it the best movie of the century, or something like that. That's so, really funny. I'm a brag, but I've I've had I've had my back and forth with the director, a great guy. Um, <laughs> I really want to plug his stuff here. Um, so, Balloon Boy is innocent. <laughs> Floaty Pop Boy. Got caught into a big hoax, and he didn't really have a choice because he's a child. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, now, you know, now he's his, he's his own man. Maybe one day he'll come out and tell what he believes is the truth as well. As that'd a, be fun. As a, as a fully functioning, independent adult, he can come out and say, this is what I remember of the situation. Here's I gotta be honest, what I think the story was. If I was an adult in this situation, I wouldn't ever want to speak about it ever again. Oh, I wouldn't either, but yeah. maybe it'll happen. Like, if, if if this were me and my dad was still doing interviews, I would legitimately probably just get rid of my last name if and you, change it completely. If you know Balloon Boy, please, we would love to have him on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Like, our first guest would be Balloon Boy <laughs> from be 2009. Floaty Pop Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get it twisted. Um, like, again, I, I think this is a story that not many people talk about, and I think it's it's so funny. Like, it's a really, you know, it, it, it became an icon, iconic, you know, thing for a while and like people just don't talk about it at all anymore because i'm like like again 2008 2013 is just like a lost time in history like no one even cares anymore about i don't remember most of what happened in that time frame me neither i remember very specific things very few things because 2008 to 13 we would have been the 10 to 15 so i remember some of it because we started high school in that in that time yeah but so i remember kind of the tail end of middle school and I remember segments of the beginning of middle school. I don't remember much about elementary school. I remember my teachers, and I remember what the classrooms looked like. Yep. But I don't remember, you know, conversations I had or nope. things I took a part of other than sports. I don't remember much. <sighs> yeah. But now... Mem- memory's a fickle thing. Maybe that's another podcast episode. But M- now memory. we'll remember Balloon Boy forever. Floaty Pop Boy. Guys, we're excited to talk to you next week. We're excited to hopefully, hopefully, at some point, make this a video podcast. We're getting so close. You got totally so close. <laughs> we're getting there. Guys, I'm, I'm sorry. I know I said it happened, but it's just harder than I think it's going to be. So we're going to get there eventually. Um, but until then, 
keep enjoying our voices. Um, our sweet, sultry voices talk about boys. Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you know, from now on, every podcast has to be centered around some boy in history. Or balloon. Or, yeah, the famous balloons of history. Um, there are plenty, I'm sure. I can think of one, which is that uh, that Macy's Day float balloon that ran off into the streets of New York because oh. it got untethered. Oh, do you mean like every single one of them? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Macy's Day Parade is such a mess every year. It's so crazy. All right. Anyways, um, guys, we'll talk about you next week. I uh, hope you guys enjoy your week and have a good and safe Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, adios. Adios.